Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin Sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem Allahümme salli ala seyyidina Muhammedin fil evvelin ve salli aleyhi fil ahirin ve salli aleyhi fi kulli vaktin vahin ve salli aleyhi ya Rabbena fil mele'il ala ila yevmedin Allahümme salli ala seyyidina Muhammed tibbin kulubi ve devaiha ve afiyetil abdani ve şifaiha ve nuril abasari ve diyaiha ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem Allahümme salli ala seyyidina Muhammed salatin tuncina biha min cemi'il ahvali ve alafat ve takdi lana biha cemi'il hacat ve tutahhiruna biha min cemi'il seyyat ve tarfa'una biha indeke ala darajat ve tubelliğuna biha aksan gayati min cemi'il khayrati fil hayati ve ba'dil memat Allahümme salli ve sellem ve zirru barik aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem Bismillah So, uh, if you are here, then I would encourage you to go to themejlis.us And in the, in the website of themejlis.us, you will find a tab that says Publications. If you click on this tab, it will take you to here. And... Uh, then it will take you to this uh, link the virtues of the sacred land of the Masjid al-Aqsa compound and what surrounds it and you can follow along inshallah and I will have it up as well so Bismillahirrahmanirrahim so first thing First, this is, I'm just going to read this PDF. Um, it's, the intro is very brief and it will give us a little bit of background as to why we're doing this. And at the same time, uh, then we'll get to go to the work itself and get to learn a little bit about the work itself. Generally, uh, this is a work called Fadail Bayt al Maqdis or Fadl Bayt al Maqdis the virtues of the basically the compound of Al-Aqsa uh, and the land that's around it by Sheikh Diyadin Al-Maqdisi Diyadin Al-Maqdisi who is from the famous family of uh, Al-Maqadisa or you know he's from the family of Maqdisi and they're originally from Bayt Al-Maqdis so they're originally from the area of Jerusalem uh, but they left, actually the family left uh, to the area of Damascus, Sham, um, in, the, in the days when the Crusaders initially took over Jerusalem. And uh, the family is a well-known family of knowledge and piety, the men and the women of the family. It's very amazing, actually. Um, they had like a compound and generation upon generation upon generation they were scholars and, and righteous people and so uh, the family actually were part of the armies of Salah al-Din and um, he, the author himself Sheikh Diya al-Din is coming shortly after um, like in the period after Salah al-Din al-Ayyubi's conquering of Jerusalem so 
um, he's writing this work to ignite the flame of love in the hearts of the believers and keep it going for uh, the land of Jerusalem and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa this holy masjid which is the third of the holy sites in Islam so uh, it's an important work in that regard on top of that it's it's been a standing kind of practice of the Muslims that when hardship befalls them they engage in certain types of worship uh, doing those worships and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate the difficulties that they are going through and one of the very common things that was done in this regard was actually the reading of Sahih al-Bukhari uh, there was one scholar that I read a quote from earlier who said that he has read Sahih al-Bukhari over a hundred times in the face of different calamities and trials and hardships and every single time that he did it he found that it was successful in bringing about some sort of alleviation uh, it was also the practice of the armies of Salah Hadin and again the family of the author uh, and the author himself were among those armies that when they would ride out to battle there would often be one person who's reading hadith and in doing so you know they're they're bringing the barakah and they're seeking the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the spiritual means as well as the physical means of course these days are days wherein our brothers and sisters in Palestine are facing immense difficulty and hardship and oppression and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid them and to be with them and we hope and pray that this simple work will be a means by which uh, we ask upon Allah for his aid that being said uh, part of the reason why um, part of the reason for making this document is to so that others can read it in their families and their communities as well so it's not just so that you can attend the event but so that this may be something that you can use with your family for example you can sit around with your family and read it and be inspired um, to love of the holy land and uh, to make dua for the people so that being said i'll just read Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The virtues of the sacred land of the Masjid al-Aqsa compound and what surrounds it based on the work by Sheikh Dia al-Din al-Maqtisi translated by Jamal Diwan. Introduction. What follows is a partial translation of a collection of narrations on the virtues of the Holy Land by Sheikh Dia al-Din al-Maqtisi. Collections such as these were made to increase the love in the hearts of the believers for sacred places and times as well as righteous actions. They would be made for all these different reasons. This particular one was compiled in the period shortly after the liberation of Palestine under Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayyubi by a scholar who took part in the jihad against the crusaders. We present this humble effort as a guide to be read in these days wherein hardship and oppression are befalling the people of Palestine. Those who wish to do so may hold gatherings in their homes or communities reading the text and asking Allah to alleviate the suffering of our brothers and sisters and give them victory against their oppressors. This is the intent behind making this work accessible. This is an old practice of the Muslims where they would gather to read collections of hadith as a means of asking Allah for aid in the face of hardships and victory in the face of oppression. We pray that this simple effort is a means by which that beautiful tradition is continued. Amin. The footnote here basically says that the purpose of these texts was not to be super reliable hadith works. The purpose of these kind of texts is what I said, is to bring the love of this, this place, in this case, into the heart uh, of the believer. And so the, the hadith that are mentioned are of varying authenticity and sometimes very weak. Uh, 
Back to the text and I'll comment on that. This is a partial translation of a slightly longer work by the author. Here I have only mentioned one narration for each section of the text. In the original there are anywhere from a single narration to several narrations in each section, for a total of 66 narrations in the entire collection. The numbers and brackets at the beginning of the narrations reflect the number of that narration in the original work. So there's different sections in the original. For each section I took one hadith. Some of them have one hadith, some of them have six, seven, eight hadith. So I just took one. And usually I tried to take one, if it was possible, that was a little bit more reliable in its sourcing. Uh, so if, if I have it sourcing, then it's mentioned there in the footnote. And if I didn't have it um, in the work that I was using as reference, then there's no source mentioned, so it's even less likely to be reliable. But you can still be inspired by it. The author, the Imam Diyaeddin Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahid al maqdisi was born in 569 after Hijra and died in 643. He was part of the famous Maqdisi family which was filled with scholars and pious people. His father was Sheikh Abdul Wahid, a formidable scholar and righteous person. He, the father, had two daughters and three sons, all of whom became scholars. His mother, Sheikh Diyadin's mother, was Ruqayya bint Sheikh Ahmed. She was the sister of the two great and well-known scholars, Muwafiq al-Din and Abu Umar, Muwafiq al-Din ibn Qudama very famous figure in Muslim scholarship, the author of Al-Mughni, the author of uh, Rodot al-Nadir in uh, Usul al-Fiqh, the author of, uh, I want to say, Lum'at al-Atiqad in, in, in Tawheed, you know, many different works. These latter two, Muwafiq al-Din and Abu Umar, uh, visited the great Sheikh Abdul Qadir and Jilani in the end of his life and took spiritual guidance from him. They are part of the connection of Sheikh Abdul Qadir to the jihad movement against the Crusaders that liberated Palestine under the leadership of Sultan Salahuddin al Ayyubi. In fact, Salahuddin had a regular litany of prayers that he received by way of Sheikh Abdul Qadir that he maintained during his life and which he passed down to his children. This is the spirit of true Tasawwuf. Sheikh Diyadin's aforementioned mother was known for her scholarship and piety. She would command the people to good and forbid them from evil and was known for being a mediator for disputes among the people. She would teach hadith based on her ijazah from Sheikh Ibn Batti and the great scholar Al-Munthiri took hadith from her. She was known for her knowledge of the history of her family and her son narrated that from her and wrote a biography about her. Sheikh Diyadin's wife was Asiya bint al-Shihab. She was a hafidha of the Qur'an and a narrator of hadith and was known for her piety. Sheikh Diyadin and his family were also part of the armies that liberated Palestine from the Crusaders. Sultan Salahuddin held the family in high regard and would keep them together in one tent and seek their counsel on affairs. Here's a diagram of the area. It's very common that there's mistakes made around this. The Dome of the Rock, all of this orange is the compound of Masjid al-Aqsa, Bayt al-Maqdis. And there's a Qibli Masjid, there's Masjid al-Buraq, it's related to the story of Isra al-Mi'raj. There's the Dome of the Rock, which is also related to the story of Isra al-Mi'raj. And there's the Masjid itself, right? So this is all part of the compound of Masjid al-Aqsa. Uh, and Masjid al-Aqsa also is, it's, it's a blessed space in and of itself, and the area around it is blessed. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Al-Isra, uh, Subhanallah al-Asra bi'abdihi laylan minan masjid al-harami ilan masjid al-Aqsa al-lati barakna hawla, that we, that, that glorified is Allah who took his servant from the masjid in Mecca to the masjid in uh, Jerusalem, that we have blessed the area around it. So this is the this is the Masjid Al-Aqsa compound. This is why I use that term in the translation. 
So here's the original text, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, with the one hadith for each section. The vir- and we, we, we read this asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid our brothers and sisters. Allahumma ameen. The virtues of the sacred compound of Masjid al-Aqsa and what surrounds it. Section. The statement of the Prophet, peace be upon him, do not travel except to three masjids. Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Prophet wasallam said, travel is undertaken to three masjids, the sacred masjid, Mecca, my masjid, Medina, and the furthest masjid, Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. Section, the saying of Allah glorified is he, a door, the inside of which is mercy and the outside of which is punishment. Ubadah ibn Samit radiallahu ta'ala anhu was seen on top of the eastern gate of the Masjid al-Aqsa compound crying. He was asked why and he said this is the place from which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us that he saw hellfire in the night journey. The night journey and ascension when he saw all of these things. He saw it from that location sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Section on the angels that are appointed to the three masjids. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Allah has three angels that are appointed. One is appointed to the Kaaba, another is appointed to my masjid in Medina, and another is appointed to Masjid al-Aqsa. The one appointed to the Kaaba calls out every day. The one who leaves the obligations that Allah has set, leaves the protection of Allah. The one appointed to this masjid of mine calls out every day. The one who leaves the way of Muhammad will not come to his pond, his hawd, on the day of judgment and will not receive his intercession. The one appointed to Masjid al-Aqsa calls out every day. The one whose food is impermissible will have their deeds thrown back in their face. Section, what was the first masjid on earth? Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu said, I asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which masjid was the first on the earth. He said, the sacred masjid Mecca. I said, then which one? He said, the furthest masjid al-Aqsa. I asked, how much time was between them? He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 40 years. Wherever you are, when the time for prayer comes, pray, it will be a masjid for you. So this is very, very early, obviously. The first masjid in the earth is Masjid Haram in Mecca. Forty years after that, Masjid Al-Aqsa. Section, the virtue of prayer in the sacred land. Abdullah bin Amr said, I heard the Messenger of Allah say, Prophet Sulaiman asked Allah for three things. Two of them were given to him, and I am hopeful that the third was as well. He asked him for the ability to rule on issues in a way that aligns with his ruling, and he was given that. And he asked him for a dominion, the likes of which nobody will ever have after him, and he was given that. And he asked him that anyone who comes to the sacred compound of Al-Aqsa, with only the intention to pray in it, will be forgiven of their sins, such that they are like the day that their mother bore them. Section on praying in the direction of the sacred compound. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma said, When the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Mecca, he used to pray towards the direction of the sacred compound of Al-Aqsa while facing the Kaaba. So he would face uh, Al-Aqsa and put the Kaaba between him and Al-Aqsa. He continued praying towards the sacred compound after migrating to Medina for a period of 16 months. Then the direction of prayer was changed to the Kaaba. Section on the virtue of the Dome of the Rock. Wahab ibn Munabbih said, Allah said to the rock, over which is the Dome of the Rock, Upon you I place my throne, towards you I will gather my creation on the day of gathering, and I will cause your rivers to gush forth with wine, honey, and milk. Section, the Antichrist will not enter the sacred compound. Mujahid said, Junad ibn Abi Umayyah ruled over us for six years. One time he gave a sermon and said, A man from the companions of the Prophet came to us. We adamantly asked him to tell us something that he heard from the Prophet directly and not something he heard from the people. 
He said, The Prophet stood among us and said, I warn you of the Antichrist, and he has an impairment in his vision. The narrator said, I think he said his left eye. He will travel in the land with a mountain of bread and rivers of water. His sign will be that he stays in the earth for forty days, wherein his reign will reach every place except for the sacred spaces of four masjids. The Kaaba, the Masjid of the Prophet wasallam, the Masjid of Al-Aqsa, and the Masjid of At-Tur. Whatever happens, know that Allah does not have an impairment in his vision. Meaning that this Antichrist is not Allah. No matter what happens, he's not Allah. Section, the stand the Muslims will take at the sacred compound when the Antichrist emerges and his blockading them in it. Uh, there's a note on this one. Rather than using the uh, narrations that are in the original text on this one, I cross-referenced them to their sources and took the hadith from Ibn Majah, which is one of the collections of hadith. So that's mentioned in the footnote. Abu Umama al-Bahili said, The Messenger of Allah وسلم, addressed us, and most of his speech had to do with telling us about Dajjal, the Antichrist. He warned about him, and among the things he said was, There will not be any tribulation on earth since the time Allah created the offspring of Adam that will be greater than the tribulation of Dajjal. Allah has not sent any prophet, but then he warned his nation about Dajjal. I am the last of the prophets, and you are the last of the nations. He will undoubtedly appear among you. If he appears by Adam among you, I will contend with him on behalf of every Muslim. And if he appears while I am not, while I am not among you, then each man must fend for himself, and Allah will take care of every Muslim on my behalf. He will emerge from Khalla between Sham and Iraq, and will wreak havoc right and left. O slaves of Allah, remain steadfast. I will describe him to you in a manner in which none of the prophets has described him before me. He will start by saying, I am a prophet, and there is no prophet after me. Then he will say, I am your Lord, but you will not see your Lord until you die. He is one-eyed, and your Lord is not one-eyed, and written between his eyes is kafir. Every believer will read it, whether he is literate or illiterate. Part of his fitna, his test, his trial, will be that he will have with him paradise and hell, but his hell will be a paradise and his paradise a hell. Whoever is tested with his fire, let him seek the help of Allah and recite the first verses of Surah Al-Kaf. Then it will be cool and safe for him as the fire was for Ibrahim. Part of his fitna will be that he will say to a Bedouin, If I resurrect your father and mother for you, will you bear witness that I am your Lord? He will say yes. Then two devils will appear to him in the form of his father and mother and will say, O my son, follow him for he is your Lord. And part of his fitna will be that he will overpower a single soul and kill him. Then he will cut him with a saw until he falls in two pieces. Then he will say, Look at this slave of mine, I will resurrect him now. Then he will claim that he has a Lord other than me. Then Allah will resurrect him and the evil one will say to him, Who is your Lord? He will say, Allah is my Lord and you are the enemy of Allah, you are Dajjal. By Allah, I have never had more insight about you than I have today. Part of his fitna will be that he will command the sky to rain, and it will rain, and he will command the earth to bring forth vegetation, and it will do so. And part of his fitna will be that he will pass by a clan, and they will disbelieve in him, so all their flocks will perish, and none will be left. And part of his fitna will be that he will pass by a clan who will believe in him, so he will, so he will command the sky to rain, and it will rain. And he will command the earth to bring forth vegetation, and it will do so, until their flocks come, will come back in the evening of that day. <coughs> bigger and fatter than they have ever been, with their flanks stretched and their udders full of milk. There will be no part on the earth left that he does not enter and prevail over, except for Mecca and Medina, for he will not approach them on any of their mountain paths, but that he will be met by angels with unsheathed swords, until he will stop at the red hill at the end of the marsh. Then Medina will be shaken with its people three times, and no hypocrite, male or female, will be left. All will come out to him. 
Thus it will be cleansed of impurity just as the bellows cleanses the iron of dross. And that day will be called the day of deliverance. Um Shariq bint Abil Uqar said, O Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where will the Arabs be that day? He said, On that day they will be few, and most of them will be in Bayt al-Maqdis, the sacred compound of Masjid al-Aqsa and its surroundings. And their leader will be a righteous man. When their leader has stepped forward to lead them in the morning prayer, Isa ibn Maryam, Prophet Jesus, will come down to them. Their leader will step backwards so that Isa can come forward and lead the people in prayer. But Isa will place his hand between his shoulders and say to him, Go forward and pray, for the iqamah was given for you. Then their leader will lead them in prayer. When he has finished, Isa will say, Open the gate to the city. They will open it and behind it will be Dajjal with 70,000 Jews, each of them carrying an adorned sword and wearing a greenish cloak. When Dajjal looks at him, he will start to melt as salt melts in water. He will run away and Isa will say, I have only one blow for you, which you will not be able to escape. He will catch up with him at the eastern gate of Lud and will kill him. Then Allah will defeat the Jews and there will be nothing left that Allah has created which the Jews will be able to hide behind, except that Allah will cause it to speak. No stone, no tree, no wall, no animal, except for Al-Gharqad, for it is one of their trees and will not speak. Except that it will say, O Muslim slave of Allah, here is a Jew, come and kill him. Uh, I put in the footnote here that the, the context indicates that this is the Jews that marched with Dajjal. Not necessarily every single Jew, Allahu Alam. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, His Dajjal's days will number 40 years, a year like half a year, a year like a month, a month like a week, and the rest of his days will be like sparks from a fire, meaning they will pass quickly. One of you will enter the gate of Medina in the morning and not reach its other gate until evening comes. It was said, O Messenger of Allah, how should we pray on those short days? He said, Estimate the times of the prayer as you do on these long days, then pray. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, Isa ibn Maryam will be a just judge and a just ruler among my nation. He will break the cross, slaughter the pigs, abolish the jizya, and charity will be left. No one will be appointed to collect the zakat of sheep and goats. Grudges and mutual hatred will disappear, and the venom of every venomous creature will be removed. A baby boy will put his hand to a snake, and it will not harm him. A baby girl will make a lion run away, and it will not harm her. The wolf will be among the sheep like their sheepdog. The earth will be filled with peace just as a vessel is filled with water. The people will be united and none will be worshipped except Allah. War will cease and Quraysh will no longer be in power. The earth will be like a silver platter with its vegetation growing as it did at the time of Adam until a group of people will gather around one bunch of grapes and it will suffice them and a group will gather around a single pomegranate and it will suffice them. An ox will be sold for such and such amount of money and a horse will be sold for a few dirham. They said, O Messenger of Allah, why will horses be so cheap? He said, They will never be ridden in war again. It was said to him, Why will oxen be so expensive? He said, Because all the land will be tilled. Before Dajjal appears, there will be three difficult years in which the people will suffer severe famine. In the first year, Allah will command the sky to withhold one-third of its rain and the earth to withhold one-third of its produce. In the second year, He will command the sky to withhold two-thirds of its rain and the earth to withhold two-thirds of its produce. In the third year, He will command the sky to withhold all of its rain and not a single drop will fall and the earth to withhold all of its produce and nothing will grow. All cloven-hooved animals will die except those that Allah wills. It was said, What will the people live on at that time? He said, Tahleel, La ilaha illallah, Takbir, Allahu Akbar, Tasbih, Subhanallah, and Tahmeed, Alhamdulillah. That will take the place of food for them. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Sadiq al-Masduq. Section on residing in the area around the Holy Land and its coming under Muslim rule. 
Dhul Asabi' said, O Messenger of Allah, وسلم, we are tested with living after your passing. To what do you command us? He وسلم, said, Have concern for the area of Al-Aqsa. Perhaps you will be given descendants who will go to it in the mornings and evenings. And this companion will be mentioned later from those who settled in the region. Dhul Asabi' He took this advice of the Prophet وسلم, seriously. Section on the cultivating of the Holy Land. Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, the cultivating of the Holy Land will correspond with the destruction of Medina. And the destruction, uh, the destruction of Medina will correspond with the coming of the tribulations of the end of times, al-malhama, these severe battles. And that will correspond with the opening of Constantinople and the opening of Constantinople will correspond with the coming of the Dajjal. Section, the Mahdi will inhabit the Holy Land. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, I heard the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, A man will come forth from my nation who speaks according to my sunnah. Allah will bring rain for him from the sky, and its blessing will bring forth produce from the land. Justice and equality will spread everywhere, just as oppression and injustice had spread before him. He will lead for seven years and inhabit the Holy Land. Section, the group that will be on the truth, will be in the Holy Land and what surrounds it. This is mentioned in a different work of the author. Uh, I didn't put it here, but I believe it's uh, sourced from the collection of Imam Ahmed. Allahu alam. Uh, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, there is a group from my nation who will fight in the area of Damascus and what surrounds it, and in the area of the Holy Land and what surrounds it. They will not be harmed by those who betray them, steadfast on the truth until the end of time. It's a powerful hadith. They will not be harmed by those who betray them, steadfast on the truth until the end of time. Allahumma thabitum ya Rabb. Allahumma thabitum ya Rabb. Section, the night journey to the sacred compound. Abu Hurairah said that the Prophet said, I was in the area of the Kaaba and Quraysh was asking me about my night journey to the sacred compound and some of the details of the place. I was overcome by a feeling of hardship, the likes of which I had not felt before. Then Allah raised for me the image of the place, so whenever they asked me anything, I was able to answer it. Allah put the image of Bayt al-Maqdis in front of the Prophet ﷺ. He could see it as if he was standing in front of it, and he could describe all of the details of it. Then I saw myself in the company of other prophets. I saw Musa standing and praying. He was strong in build like the people of Shanu'ah. I also saw Isa standing and praying, and the most similar to him in appearance is Urwa ibn Mas'ud al-Thaqafi. Then I saw Ibrahim standing and praying, and the most similar to him in appearance is your companion, meaning himself, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The time for prayer came, and I led them all in prayer, all of the prophets. When I finished with the prayer, it was said to me, Muhammad, this is Malik, the guardian of the fire, greet him. I turned to him to greet him, and he greeted me first. Section, the place where the Prophet prayed in the sacred compound. Ubaid ibn Adam said, I heard Umar ibn Khattab say to Ka'b al-Ahbar, uh, where do you think I should pray? Ka'b said, if you take it from me, you would pray from behind the rock, because then the whole city would be in front of you. Sayyidina Umar anhu said, your opinion is similar to the Jews. Rather, I will pray where the Prophet prayed. Then he moved towards the direction of the Qibla and prayed. Section on the virtue of assuming ihram from the sacred compound. Um Hakim narrated from Um Salama that the Messenger of Allah said, Whoever assumes ihram for Umrah from the sacred compound is forgiven. Based on this hadith, Um Hakim traveled to the sacred compound just so that she could assume ihram from that location. Uh, it's amazing. Like they're, uh, you know, they, they took these things very seriously. 
Section mentioning those who made ihram from the sacred compound from the companions. It is narrated about Ibn Umar that he made ihram from the sacred compound. There's a couple different narrations mentioned in this section that all say that same thing and they all are similar in their shortness. Section the companions who lived in the Holy Land. Musa ibn Sahl al Nisapuri al Ramli said, The names of the companions who lived in Palestine, including those who left families there after them and those that did not, are Ubadah ibn Samit, Shaddad ibn Aus, Shamroon, Abu Rayhana, Salama ibn Qaysir, Firuza Daylami, Dhul Asabi' and Abu Muhammad al-Najari. All of these lived in the Holy Land and died therein. From them, the ones who left behind families who also lived in the Holy Land and are buried there are Ubadah ibn Samit, Shaddad ibn Aus, Salama ibn Qaysir, and Firuza Daylami. The ones who did not leave behind families are Abu Rayhana, Dhul Asabi' and Abu Muhammad al-Najari. Uh, in the footnote it said, uh, in the comments in one of the works was, It is said that the graves of Shaddad ibn Aus and Ubadah ibn Samit are in the graveyard of Bab al-Rahmah, which is located just behind the eastern wall of the sacred compound. <coughs> Section, the virtue of the callers to prayer in Al-Aqsa. Jabir radiallahu anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was asked, Which of the people will enter paradise first? He sallallahu alayhi wa said, The prophets, then the martyrs, then the callers to prayer at the Kaaba the Mu'addinun at the Kaaba, then the callers to prayer at Al-Aqsa compound, then the callers to prayer at my masjid, then the rest of the callers to prayer according to their deeds. Hada wa billahi fit-tawfiq wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Conclusion. At the completion of the reading of this text, we raise our hands in prayer and we ask Allah to aid our brothers and sisters in Palestine. He alone knows the difficulty they have faced for decades at the hands of their oppressors and the occupiers of their land. We know that we are required to take the spiritual means and material means necessary when facing any issue, and we hope and pray that this work will be a small contribution to the spiritual means that will give victory to the oppressed in Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinians is the central international issue of justice in our time. We hope that we always find ourselves on the right side of the struggle. I, the needy servant of his Lord Jamal Diwan, heard this text in its entirety, read to Sheikh Yusuf ibn Sadiq al-Hambali, he gave us permission, ijazah, to read this text with the condition that we read it in our communities, students, and families with the intention of Allah giving aid to our brothers and sisters in Palestine. May it be so. Ameen. Anyone who would like the ijazah can see the video on the YouTube page of the Hanbali School, translated and published on this last day of Ramadan 1442 by Jamal Diwan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us and to aid our brothers and sisters. Subhanallah. I was, uh, we're going to make dua in a second, but um, for several days I have been thinking, what can we do in the majlis? That's kind of like the way that we do things. Usually it has some sort of connection to the tradition, but it deals with the issue of Palestine and so on and so forth. And then I saw that Sheikh Yusuf, before even doing this, he had been reading Sahih al-Bukhari for a number of days. He's been reading it now for a number of days. And then I saw him post uh, about this, that he was going to do this. And when I saw him post it, I thought, you know, subhanAllah, it would be beautiful if we were able to do this in the majlis. So I sent him a message, and I told him I'm intending to uh, attend uh, your gathering, and uh, would it be okay if we did a similar gathering in the community? He's aware of, you know, the work that we do. Um, he responded and he said, subhanAllah, I was actually going to read the text and give ijazah to those who attend. And make that and put a condition on that ijazah that I never put on an ijazah before, and that condition is that they do read it in their communities and their families and with their friends, with the intention of it being a means of alleviation for the struggle of the people in Palestine, 
and so yes by all means bismillah do it and uh you know subhanallah that that there was a tawfiq in that may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us all of us and may this small effort of reading hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam be a big effort in the eyes of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in the scales and as a means of alleviation for our brothers and our sisters. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, natawajahu ilayk wa natubu ilayk. Ya Allah, Ya Rahim ar-Rahimin. Kun ma'a ikhwanan al-mustada'afina fi Filistin. Kun ma'a ikhwanan al-mustada'afina fi Filistin. Iftah alayhim ya fattahu ya alim. Allahumma afrig alayhim sabran wa thabit aqadamuhum wa nsurhum ala nqawmin kafirin. Afrig alayhim sabran wa thabit aqadamuhum Allah, we ask you to be with our brothers and sisters in Palestine, to aid them, to support them, to give them victory. To be with them in, in, in this difficult time to give to, to return Masjid al-Aqsa to the hands of the Muslims. We ask you, Ya Allah, to be with them in all of their affairs, to give them tawfiq, to descend upon them tranquility and patience and perseverance. Ya Allah, Ya Arhamun Rahimin. We ask you, Allah, all of this on this blessed night. Knowing that many scholars throughout our history have said that this night of Eid, some of them even called it the night of prizes. The one who worships on the night of Eid then it is a great worship and we ask you Allah to accept from us this act as an act of worship and to make it a means by which our brothers and sisters are given aid and given victory and given success bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu as-salihati wa tawassaw bil haqqi wa tawassaw bis sabr walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin